everyone, and welcome to Shifting Gears. Well, it's not that loud, is it? <laughs> it's so loud. The, the well, coronavirus has us lost our minds. Yes, welcome back to Shifting Gears. I'm Paul. And I'm Isaac. Today we're going to take a corona break and talk about breaks. Everything about stopping. Everything about stopping. We're going to take a break. Because we've had a break. We've had a break from a lot of things, the world. Yes. And the last time you heard us was the last time I saw Paul. That was also the last time I saw Isaac. It's been a long time. Except for on Zoom. We talked on Zoom once. That is true. So we are successfully social distance about, you know, five feet away from each other. Not really. Not really. <laughs> we have we have things between us, though. We do. We have, we're in a new space today. New we're, recording space. Isaac's basement. Sitting in the middle of my shop. Yep. We're in the wood shop. Yep. I think I like it better. So do I. It's a lot brighter. It is a lot brighter. And I like this bench. It uh-huh. works better. It works better. It's got more space. It does. So so uh, should we start with our first thing? Go for it. So our first thing is going to be a rental car review. Oh, boy. So um, as we talked about in our last episode, I was going to review... Way back when. I was going to review a Chrysler Pacifica that way I was renting. Well, I was actually, Which I, was, I knew you would never get. That's what the sheet told me. Yeah, that's because it's a bunch of lying. They only stock Grand Caravans. Come on. Well, we got a Grand Caravan GT. Yep. So um, it sounds about right. I put a total of twenty six hundred miles on it, um, and I uh, got pretty accustomed to it. So um, it was a GT. So it had leather. It had the nice wheels and stuff. Um, Three six Pentastar upgrade, I believe. Mm, There's only one engine in those vans. No, it's the three six upgrade though. Oh, what's that? It's the newer version. Okay. A different VVT. Okay. It's l- slightly less crappy. Slightly less crappy. <laughs> Actually, I didn't have any issues with the motor. Um, minus the oil consumption? Uh, minus... I, that didn't really affect me. I didn't care. <laughs> it's a new car. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't good. Sorry, I'm just punching wow. my microphone yeah. over. Paul's knocking crap over. Sorry. Yeah, that wasn't great. I went on a mission trip with my campus ministry. I led it. And uh, we went down to North Carolina. So we had a team of 30 or 28. And so we had three Chrysler minivans or Dodge Grand Caravans and a Chevy Tahoe. Um, so I sp- specifically drove the Tahoe, or the uh, the Grand Caravan. The one thing that really sucked was Enterprise locks out Uconnect. So this I, is a shame. You connect. I miss you connect. I so I couldn't use you connect. So we had to use an aux cord for everything. Um, it had the upgraded stereo in it, so it had the twelve inch subwoofer in the back, um, which for the people in the back was almost obnoxious, and the people in the front you couldn't hear it at all. That's because you're sitting in a giant box. So I mean, it, it just you couldn't. It was as too far away to hear it. So that kind of sucked. I will say, with seven people and all their gear. I, I liked Stow and Go. That was pretty slick. Thank you. This, we definitely fit significantly more luggage inside the minivans than in the Tahoe. No, duh. The Tahoe had almost no storage space. What have I been saying for years, Paul? But, but the Tahoe had much better seating positions and comfortable seating with room in the back. In the third row, you mean? Yep, and the second row, honestly. The stowing-on seats aren't the most comfortable. So, and there's more legroom and stuff in the Tahoe, but it yeah. lost storage space. Yeah. The Tahoe and the minivans got about the same miles a gallon. We all averaged about 20, 21. 
Um, if I really drove like a grandma and on flat ground, I could get it to 25 on the meter. But, um, and even though the meter was saying about, you know, 23, 24 miles a gallon, my hand calculations were coming out to between 20 and 21. Yeah. There's a lot of crap and waiting to pull around. Yep. Um, but you had eco mode. All that did was give it less power and get the same gas mileage. Yeah. Makes it more frustrating. Yeah. Um, the transmission was the worst thing about those the vehicle. Six speed transmissions in those vans suck. Well, they don't know what gear they want. Well, they didn't know what gear they want. It would slam and clunk gears like crazy. Especially if you're like coming up to like a like a red light and then it turns green, so you're going like two or three miles an hour and you get back yeah. on the gas. It would make the worst noise ever downshifting. Hmm. On and, just one or all of them? Uh, I only drove and rode in the one. Okay. So I don't know. Um, I heard complaints about the other ones acting weird, but it was, you know, non-car people driving them. So I didn't really, I don't know. Trust their opinion. That much. So, but Marv did drive one, I guess, and he hated it. So. Okay. The motor was actually, it was pretty peppy. It they'll, was, they'll move. It did a burnout. Yeah. A nice one. So I was uh, kind of t- t- watching over my van and the one other van on my team. My van in the 2,000 miles burned just under a quart, and the other one burned just under a half a quart of oil. That's so pathetic. They were like a year-old van, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, mine started with 18,000 miles, and the one that burned a half a quart was started at 30,000 miles. Shake my head. So, yeah, that, was, that wasn't great. Yeah, they they did pretty good. I was pretty... I was more impressed with them than I thought they would be. Oh, at, on the brake front, though, the brakes were terrible. Oh, brakes in Chrysler minivans are just notoriously bad. I, uh, sorry, Enterprise, but your brakes are warped to crap now. Well, those vans, I mean, go back in time. My family, we had an 01 and 05. They're known for every, like, 20,000 miles needing a full brake job, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, my grandpa has, a like, a 2007 or eight grand caravan and i've done brakes on it three times in the ninety thousand miles he's owned it it's absolutely insane they, but they're really easy to do brakes on well that's a plus <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if it, they're any better in the pacifica because that's a completely new platform i don't know i would have to i'd be curious to find out but we we drove through the mountains of west virginia with seven people in it and i coming down the mountains just to keep my brakes from smoking i was engine braking which it also didn't like yeah. So I would slam it into third gear and let it sit there at 5,000 RPM with no throttle and just let it rev out and go down the hill. No wonder you burned a quart of oil. Well, the other one who, the girl who was driving the other one wasn't doing that and she burned a half a quart. It's pathetic. Now, I will say that engine braking is a an oil consumption increaser. Really? So, yep. I did not know that. Because when you're doing that, there's no combustion pressure to, and combustion pressure pushes the rings out and seals them against the side of the bore. Oh, so there's no sense. No, you're just compressing air. You're not having the peak combustion pressures. So that will increase com- oil consumption some. Hmm. But I mean, she still burned a half a quart and she wasn't doing any of that. Interesting. Her brakes also smelled much worse at the bottom of the hill, but mine Probably. warped and hers didn't. Go figure. Yeah. They, we worked them pretty hard that week and I mean, running back and forth the job sites. They were full of tools and seven people and gear and everything else and whatever, but. Uh, they weren't as terrible as I thought. They didn't handle great, but they didn't handle terribly. So, It's kind of sad that they no longer make the Grand Caravan. It's an end of an era. It is an end of an era that doesn't need to come back. I know. I think it does. It's the end of cheap 
family transportation. I mean, if I was buying a minivan, which I will never do, it'll be a Sienna. Yeah, but the Grand Caravan always held its place in the market for a reason. Yeah. Last year, I'm pretty sure the most popular minivan sold in North America was the Grand Caravan over the Odyssey, the Sienna, and the Pacifica. My book, I think that there's a reason for it. I mean, that doesn't well, make it the best car out there, but... Well, I have I spent a decent amount of time driving like a 2008 <clears throat> Honda Odyssey. Yeah. And I would honestly say in every way, shape, and form other than the radio, the Odyssey was a better minivan than the 2018 or 2019 Grand Caravan I had. And it had a hundred and some thousand miles. Well, on. that grand caravan you drove was engineered and designed in the early 2000s so yeah it makes sense you're driving just the newer version of an older van yep nope it was all right if you need a rental car it works sucks that you connect disabled which is dumb because they didn't they didn't disable apple carplay on the tahoe the tahoe Hmm. do miss you connect a lot so the steering wheel controls chrysler steering wheels man I will say I, I drove a Dodge Ram yesterday, and the steering wheel controls were. I felt like I was back at home in that minivan with my steering wheel controls. <laughs> the, the buttons on the back of the steering wheel, like whoever at Chrysler. My dad's Impala has buttons on the back of the steering wheel. Does it? Yep. But do they function the same as the Chrysler? Because the Chrysler his isn't Bluetooth, but they do channel change and so track change and volume. From my my Dart, I remember there were six buttons on the back of the steering wheel. The right was volume, <clears throat> up and down, and then there's a middle button that changed uh, input source. Yeah, I think his is just the four up and down, down and, and channel or channel. yeah. And then the left side was seek, and I can't remember what the middle button did on the left but i loved it so, it was so nice i missed that i also couldn't get used to the shifter being up on the dash that's weird to no me. but you know we made it work we made it work it was fun sport shifting it it does suck though it'll shift for you only hit the rev limiter oh does it mm-hmm. <clears throat> my family's rented a grand caravan or a town and country three times well the last like four years we rented one every summer yep and i've had a lot of behind the wheel time on each of those vans i think they were all gray grand caravans every year mine mine was the maroon man van yeah the maroon man van the other one we had was the gray ghost and i remember driving it the only way i could drive it without punching the steering wheel was manually shifting it and even then it was frustrating the transmission didn't know what it wanted no i i pretty much specifically manually shifted it which made a lot of people in the van mad. They're like, why don't you just let it shift? I'm like, because it doesn't, doesn't know, know what, what to it do. wants. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, good times. Good times. Yeah. Should we move into brakes? We should move into brakes. So we can talk about pads first? Well. What do the people want? What do the people want? If you guys can respond to us like immediately and you're not hearing this, that'd be great. Stop with the Velcro. <laughs> Give it to me. Sorry, I'm a child. <laughs> Break jobs. Break hey. jobs. Everyone's got to do them. Everyone's got to do them. It's one of those things you can't avoid. I mean, you can avoid. You'll just end up not stopping. And or then paying that... someone lots and lots of money. Yeah, and people think that brake work is intimidating. I know I thought it was for a while, but brake jobs aren't that bad to do. They're easy. Unless it's drums. I hate drums. 
I've never done drums. I've only been told that it's not fun. It's terrible. Now, I have made some of my own tools, and I've bought some tools, and that makes it a lot better. Okay. Um, so if we want to quick talk about that. Well, we should quick say, what are the differences between different brake types? So, Well, drum brakes have two shoes inside of them that are connected together with, um, they're about, they're like half circles, kind of. They're connected together by a bunch of springs and that kind of and tensioning assemblies. And then there is a, a, a wheel cylinder inside there that forces the shoes out to ride on a drum on the outside of them that breaks. If you look like an economy car or older pickup trucks older have pickups, them in the back. And you look in the back wheels, you'll see an enclosed, well, essentially, I mean, it looks like a drum. Yep. At the center around uh, um, the spindle. And yeah, as you said, Paul, when you press on the brake pedal, the device that actuates, that does the stopping, moves out towards the, the perimeter of the tire. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it grabs that drum. And actually, from an engineering standpoint, you could theoretically stop faster with drums because you have a much larger surface area to work with. Mm-hmm. But they, you can't get as much pressure on them, and they don't dissipate heat near as well. Um, and they're a total pain to work on. Yeah. Um, they're you, cheap to manufacture. They are cheap. So that's why they're on economy cars and that kind of crap. Which it it blows my mind. There's still cars sold in 2020 with drum brakes. My Corolla has drums in the back. The XRS got a disc pack, but my the just the S package has drums, drums. which they, it stops fine. So the nice thing about drums is they're hard to warp. So and they wear a lot slower. Yeah, they they wear a lot slower. Yeah, I think mine probably has the original drums in the back still. Yeah, with 174,000 miles. My family saturn still believe that when we got rid of it last year the rear drums had never been touched so i've touched mine but that's because i had to retension my brake my e-brake cable e-brake that's drums yep and actually a lot of vehicles still have drums in the back even if they have a disc because the e-brake in the back is generally a drum brake inside of the disc hat that's like how my dad's 2008 F250 is is there's a drum inside the rear the rear. If you look on our Instagram there's a picture of what happens when those springs break in the back and the rotor and the pads go sideways into the drum and they rub for 20,000 miles. Fun. It was making a bunch of heat back there one time like 20,000 miles ago and it was smelling bad and it was grinding and I took the pads apart and gr- I took the the calipers apart and greased them and looked at everything everything was free. I couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out. One day it went away, and now I took the drums apart, and I figured out why, because they ate themselves. No, for drums, the, the key things are you need when you're doing a drum brake kit uh, is you need to take a, a flathead screwdriver, and this is kind of a cool tool thing, but it's making your own, and you take your cutoff wheel, and you grind a slot into the head so that you can grab the springs and pull them with your flathead screwdriver. Um, it makes it much, much easier to get those springs on there. Because that's the worst part about drum brakes is hooking all the springs. springs on. I did that once on uh, Jonathan's Buick. Oh, yep. So, oh, and also, you can, Craftsman sells them and some other people sell them. They're like a, they look like a, a plunger cup. Okay. Um, and they're used to, there's these little um, caps and pins that go through and hold the, the pads into the rotor. Or into the the rear um, brake shield, mm-hmm. and um, you got to push the spring in and then twist the cap, and it like locks onto the pin. And they make a craftsman. I have a craftsman one, and it's just a little round thing that you use to push in that cap and spin it. 
and that makes that job a lot easier and there's a lot less of bloody knuckles and swearing and things like that so those are the two things that make drum breaks a lot easier but they still suck so drums drums no discs discs that's the most common type today today uh style of brake assembly how a disc operates is essentially there's a thin disc that spins uh with your axle and when you go to stop and you put your foot on the brake pedal there's a piston that pushes um or multiple pistons. or multiple pistons um it pushes a brake pad on either side of the disc and stops it so if you know think about it what's a good example a disc brake a disc brake yeah <laughs> it's just it's a disc and it's just that gets grabbed by two pads to slow it, it down yeah disc brakes uh were they started making pop became popular probably in the 80s i'd say yeah probably somewhere well 70s 70s on the fronts of vehicles used to be a uh selling point of cars yep. you know has disc brakes yep our and broncos then, got disc on the front 76 yeah that was pretty and power power brakes that's there's the whole... manual and power brakes yep. but disc brakes they're relatively easy to do a brake job um in a couple hours you can do a full brake job on a car if it everything's not rusted together mm-hmm. um, oh. or some vehicles you can do them in 20 minutes if they're depending on the vehicle yeah so but Chrysler minivans very easy, very easy because they don't have the clips and slides. They don't, which makes them much faster. They don't have slides, uh, or sorry, they don't have the clips. They don't have clips. They have slides for the brake pads. Yep, they don't have clip. The there's so there's these steel clips that snap into the caliper caliper that your pads slide back and forth on when they mm-hmm. move. Um, Chrysler's don't have those. They just clip in with these little tabs in the back of the pads. And they just snap right in. They're really, really easy. And the cl- the clips are the worst part of doing a, dr- a disc brake job because the clips never want to fit right. Yeah, I I don't know. Because last year I did like six brake jobs in four months and the, the clips was the easiest part. I, I always struggle with clips. Oh, I had issues with the slides. Oh, why? How? My getting, slides never have problems. Getting them apart. Oh, I, I don't just take them apart and they just slide apart. Hmm. Every brake job is different. They are. And they all present their different difficulties. Some like my dad's truck, the front. Mm-hmm. You usually have to put a six foot bar on the uh, bolts to hold the that hold the caliper on. Yeah. Because they never want to come out. Or you have to hit the back of the wheel with a sledgehammer because the aluminum wheel corrodes to the steel studs and they never yeah. want to come off. So yeah, that's the two different kinds of brake pad or brake assemblies. assemblies. But now there's. The, the way the brakes are powered in cars is a hydraulic system. And the hydraulic system is actuated Which by I'm your foot. I'm learning all about right now. Yes, Isaac has lots of hydraulic issues. Not braking, but clutch. clutch. Which is similar. Separate issue for a different day. When you push your brake pedal down, there's a piston that forces fluid through the system that then actuates the brake caliper or brake wheel cylinder. Mm-hmm. You can either have a manual one where you have a, you're providing all of the force to move that pad, or you can have a vacuum assisted one with a brake booster, which is considered a power brake, where vacuum from the engine, because the engine makes vacuum when it's drawing in um, on gasoline cars, that vacuum helps pull that cylinder and push that or push that piston to actuate your brakes, and it makes it so you have more power behind your foot, or 
in some modern cars, there's now electronic brakes where you brake by wire. Um, and electronic actuators do it all. Or in diesel vehicles, your power steering pump also provides pressure to your brake booster. And you have a hydro boost is what it's called. And your power steering pump drives your brake booster, which helps you push your pad down. Because diesels don't make vacuum generally because they don't have a throttle plate. But that's a different conversation for another day. Also, if any of the guys at work are listening, that's the answer to your quick quiz for the week. <laughs> in modern years, up until a couple years ago, well, when you go to do a brake job, typically if it's a disc brake, a brake job, which well, mm-hmm. we're going to kind of focus on. Yep. Usually you replace your rotors and your pads. The rotors can be turned down, which that means you can take them off and then have them uh, put on a lathe and they'll rem- remove some material. Cause over, true them back up. Yeah, because over time as you're, as you're stopping, you know, over the years and the miles, the disc no longer stays perfectly flat it gets a little bit of a a warp to it or you can sometimes look inside a wheel and look at the disc you'll see grooves or ridges yep um it just naturally happens over time if you get a rock stuck in your wheel or your pads wear differently your pads wear differently and so they you know they make that all the same plane and turn it down um that's cheaper way of turning down a rotor now usually rotors can only be turned down once yep and depending on most vehicles i would personally say never turn a rotor it's really not that much more money to buy new rotors and i feel turned rotors warp much faster and wear out and i hate warped rotors in a vehicle and it's in my opinion it's not worth spending the money to turn a rotor unless it's something like a really odd vehicle you can't get another rotor for or the rotor's crazy expensive or something I generally will not turn a rotor. Yeah, put it in perspective, last summer I did brakes on my Mazda 6 and rear brakes, and the rotors to get them turned was $12 a piece at AutoZone, mm-hmm. and a new rotor was $30 a piece. So for you know 24 bucks, I had both turned down, and I just went with that just because it's the back brakes. You know, typically in braking systems, the majority of the braking is done by the front brakes. Yep, about um, 65%-ish, 60 yeah. or four, 60, 65. So the back brakes don't do as much, which is why you see in cars, um, sometimes they'll just do front brake jobs and not the back. Yep. You can turn a, a, a drum down too. I'll be more inclined to turn a drum because they won't warp. Um, but personally, I'm not a fan of turning things, but I can see why people do it too. They... Rotors are generally made out of a cast iron. And not all rotors are created equally. No, they're not. You can buy premium rotors, cheap rotors, um, or uh, painted rotors where they have some paint on them. Or in real high-end cars, they make carbon fiber rotors, Mm -hmm. which are, you know, thousands of dollars. Historically, the cheaper the rotor, the more iron that's in it, which if you've ever been to a car dealership and walked around and looked at cars, you'll see that the brake discs are rusty. Mm -hmm. Typically, the ones that are rustier have more iron content in them, which is sometimes when a car has been parked for a while and you go to drive it and you push on the brake pedal the first time, it doesn't really like to stop Mm -hmm. because there's all that rust rust on the uh, (laughs) um, disc. And sometimes if you're at a dealership, they'll be like, oh, we got to get the rust off the brakes, which is just dumb. Yep slamming on the brakes does not do that you should do it gently oh i just slam on i don't (laughs) which my my mazda 6 the brake discs on that had a lot of iron in them because i didn't drive it regularly Mm -hmm. it'd sit in the garage for a week and then i'd go to drive it and 
I'd find that the brakes were a little mushy the first stop, which well, was annoying. Yep. And also what can cause mushiness is air. Yes, air, sponginess. Yep. If your brake pedal feels spongy, you might have air in your system, which means it has to be bled out. Mm-hmm. And when you're, or you could have no vacuum, or you could have or no, low vacuum. Well, that's gonna make your pedal feel like a rock. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And you have air in your system. You, I always start with the very far back brake pad mm-hmm. from the driver's seat. Yep. So you, the one on the opposite side and the passenger side in the back, and then you go to passenger side, front or driver side in the back. Yeah. Yep. And then passenger front. front driver front yep and you bleed through and now there's different ways to bleed um me and isaac bleed differently Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yes we do paul (laughs) i bleed for blue (laughs) i use the pump the pumping method um where you have someone in the car and you pump five times and then you have them hold the pad or the pedal down and then you break the bleeder open and you close it, and then they pump five more times, and you keep doing. Well, that. you break the f- bleeder open, and you let f- a stream of fluid should come out. Hopefully, or fluid air. and air. Yep. And then, when it stops, you, you close, close it. it. Yes. So, Isaac uses a bleeding tool. A vacuum pump. Yep. So, essentially, you put uh, a vacuum. You apply a vacuum to the uh, breather port, and open it up, and then draw the fluid out. Both work. Yep, they both work. If you don't have another person around, the vacuum method makes it easier. Otherwise, you need a second person. Or you can gravity bleed, which does work. And that's you crack the bleeder open and you let it sit overnight. And then you close it in the morning and you hope it bled. And hope you didn't run out of fluid. Yeah. And you start over. (laughs) So that's how my friend Zach does it. And he actually has pretty good luck with it. So Hmm. Interesting. uh, But um, so should we get into the actual doing a break job? Sure. So you're gonna do a brake job. Yep. You need new new rotor or turned rotor and some new pads. Yep. Um, there's different types of pads. There's your standard pad, which are cheap. Or, yep. Organic or ceramic, basically. Yep. Organic or ceramic. Ceramic is becoming due to economics is becoming very cost. Um, what's the word? Prohibitive. I don't. Know. I don't. They're not that much more expensive. No, they're not anymore. I mean, a few years ago, it was double the money, which is hard to justify, but. Today, it's not much more money to go ceramic, and I would recommend that uh, you just get better stopping performance. And with, no dust. And no dust, which is well, huge. Well, you get less dust. Yeah, less. So I, I'm a very strong proponent of ceramic pads. I would never put an organic pad on anything. So they wear faster. They stop less good. Less good. Worse. They stop, yeah, <laughs> worse as well. And they wear, and they have more dust. So... Um, yeah, ceramic pads really are not that bad. They're 50 bucks usually. Oh, you can get them cheaper than that. I for, a, for a whole, for all four wheels? For the front. Oh, the front? I, I buy Wagner Thermo Quiets or Wagner Thermo Quiets. Or the, the, actually the Napa Golds aren't terrible. And the AutoZone, the Carlite Premiums or whatever they have, they aren't terrible. I, okay. In my opinion, buy the most expensive pad that your auto store sells. Yeah, Isaac's gonna try to disagree. No, with I I don't disagree with oh, that. Really? Yeah, when I did brakes on my wife's car last year, I did just that. So yeah, ask them for their most expensive pad and then buy it. So that's like the only time I'll ever tell you to do that. <laughs> but it's true, you're gonna get the best pad, and you know your life depends on it. Yeah. As far as tools go to do a brake job, you don't really need anything special. 
Um, the really the only special thing you would need is a brake caliper um, press. I don't have one. No, you, I mean, uh, so when you, as Paul was describing the hydraulic system, you know, the brake pad has a thickness to it when it's new, and then over time that thickness is worn down, so it gets thinner. Well, the brake system compensates at that by um, the piston will push out over time so that the the distance from the pad to the disc never stays or never changes. Yep. And so as that pad gets thinner and thinner, the piston's going to push out over time. Yep. Um, so a car with 50,000 miles on it with the original brakes, the piston is going to be out. You know, it'll be a couple of millimeters yeah, um, quarter inch, quarter eight, inch, eighth three, of an inch. Yeah, three eighths maybe. Um, whereas compared to that car brand new, and so when you go to do a brake job, you have to push that piston back in because if you don't, and you put the pads on and the new disc, you won't be able to fit everything together. Correct. You have a stack up of tolerances. Um, so you need something to press that piston back in, which uh, typically a C clamp works. I usually generally use a C clamp, and then I put the old pad on there so you're not pushing directly on the piston, and you crank it back in. Now, some imports, you can't just press the pin. The which thing. I found out last year. Yes. Uh, my Mazda, you're not able to just push it back in. Um, how the brake caliper was designed, the ABS module was right on the back side of where the piston was. So I wasn't able to put a C clamp on it to push it back in. So I had to buy a brake caliper oh, press. Press, yeah, brake caliper press. I actually wasn't even thinking about that at all. I was thinking about the older Hondas and Toyotas, where you have to buy the puck that goes in there and you have to turn the the piston screws back in. Yes. So on some of those, you have to buy. It's like a three dollar puck, and it's going to strip out every time, and it's not ever going to work right. But it's what you have to do, and you have to screw the piston back in with a ratchet. Yep. Um, so that can be a hang up, which was a hang up for me when I was doing brakes and I got to that point and was like, well, my C clamp's not going to work. So then I had to go out and buy the press, yep. but, um, that's really the only special tool you need. Um, I did buy a brake caliper press and which is going to be our cool tool. You already um, did that one. Did I? Yeah. No, I didn't. You did like the week we got, you got it. Well, I'm doing it again because I love it. It's 20 bucks off Amazon. It was the eight mile lake brake caliper press. Um, it's a twenty four piece kit, twenty dollars and like fourteen cents or something on Amazon. is amazing. Everyone should buy it. It has more pieces in it than in it than you'll ever need, and it works so good. It's got a little magnet, so you put the there's different types of discs for the different types size of pistons and magnet. Um, there's a magnet on it, so the disc just um, mag why i'm struggling with words today we know anyways it's good that's good recommend it thumbs up so i use a c-clamp you should borrow it when are you doing breaks next hopefully not for a while i just did you know three or four sets in the last week or two but back in my dad's trucks breaks were not cheap that was uh six hundred dollars of fun six hundred dollars for breaks with one caliper one caliper pads and rotors a brand new caliper mm-hmm. yeah why'd you buy a new caliper because it was locked up oh i don't buy rebuilt calipers that's another thing some people buy rebuilt calipers i've had too many issues with them locking up again another ten thousand miles so i if i can buy a brand new one i buy a brand new one interesting so, but no uh, it's a three-quarter ton diesel truck so it's a i mean the, the rotors themselves weigh about 45 or 50 pounds yeah 
Good times. So you do a break job. It's messy. Don't do a break job the day before your wedding. I'm not speaking of experience. I'm just saying don't do it. Did you do it? I didn't, you know. But your hand, I was with you the day before your wedding. You didn't do it. Uh, your hands will get very dirty, and break dust is hard to get off. Um, it lingers for days. Uh, or you can do the cancer-causing thing that I do and just wash your hands with break clean. Yeah. Or acetone. Yeah, don't do that either. I do it. It works. I'm not uh, yet. But, you know, it's dirty. Um, once you got the new pads on and then the new disc and the pads on, you want to, you know, bleed the system, which we kind of already mentioned. You bleed every time? Yeah. I never bleed unless I change the caliber. I bleed because it's good to run new brake fluid through the system. Another thing we forgot to mention, when you're pushing that piston back in, you should always open the top up on your brake reservoir. reservoir. Um, so you don't build extra pressure in there. Yep. So, but no, I, I, I never bleed my brakes after I put them and back together. I mean, I don't bleed the whole system out, but yeah. I bleed a little bit out just in case no, and I, get some new fluid into the system. So, but if your fluid is very dark, it's probably good that you completely flush it. Yeah. You don't want your fluid dark. It wants to be kind of clear. Yeah. Clear as brown, I think. I don't know. I'm colorblind. And another thing about brake fluid is it takes away any and all paint oh yeah don't get on your paint yeah it's horrible so it'll make your paint really shiny for a few minutes that's what my dad's friend found out in high school he saw that his he spilled some brake fluid on his hood and it made his hood all shiny so he spread it all over the car and he came out the next morning to no paint on his car yeah it eats it quickly i think it was a chevelle too good for him yeah mm -hmm. that's entertaining honestly so yeah that's pretty much brakes so. Any more about brakes? Um, Usually the hardest part about a brake job is rusty bolts. Yep. By an impact. Or a long breaker bar. Yep. If you're cheap. So I have a Makita electric impact with 1,200 foot-pounds of torque, and it's the greatest tool I own. Yeah. It is the best tool I own. Buy one of those. That's what I got on brakes, pretty much. If you have any brake, oh, we forgot about greasing your slides. Jeez. Oh yeah. So when what you're are we dumb when your calipers apart and off, you have to pull back the little uh, rubber seals on your slides, and you. Just There's these pins. So how a cal? You should explain how a caliper works. Oh, so a caliper is two pieces. Um, there's one side that's fixed that's fixed to the hub, and there's one side that's free floating on slides. That's usually the side. The Usually the outside. Outside of the, yep. It's almost all, yeah, it's almost yeah. all the outside. And it's on slides, and um, it lets uh, your, basically lets that outside pad come closer to the um, drum or the disc mm -hmm. as they wear. And um, over time, over time, they're, uh, get it, grease and dirt build up in that. Yep. And the slide doesn't want to move. move as freely. So as it did when it was brand new. So you take the slides out and you clean them all up and get them nice and clean, all the old grease and dirt out of there. And you, I, you can, they make caliper grease. I like Lucas Oil Red and Tacky. That's what oh. I use on everything. I've used caliper grease. So, but um, you put that all on there. Some people put their when they put their brakes back together, they put a little anti seize on the bolts. I do. I don't like to do that because I don't like to. I like to think my bolts nice and seized on there. <laughs> I don't want my brakes coming loose. <laughs> yeah, but you also want to get them apart if you, next time you do a brake job. What do I have an impact wrench for? Okay. They don't put anti-Z's on from the factory. I wish they did. Uh, I don't want my brakes coming loose. 
So I, I'm surprised Isaac's the one who gets all scared about his brakes being worn when they have 20,000 miles on them and just changes them for no reason. I need something to do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't put, put anti-seize in my bolts. Some people do. Also, anti-seize makes you look like the tin man. Another thing that's hard to get off your skin. It's impossible. Yeah. That's brakes. That is brakes. Random car fact? Random car fact. So in the last 20 years, American full-size rear-wheel drive sedans. Paul, can you name them for me? Rear-wheel drive full-size sedans mm-hmm. last 20 years? Mm-hmm. Caprice? Is not uh, 20 years, not Caprice. Yeah, the last 20 years. Yeah, there's 20, Caprice, Crown Vic, mm-hmm. and the Lincoln version. Um, Town car. Yeah. And the... Grand Marquis. Mm-hmm. And there... There's like MKC or something. There's a V8 rear-wheel drive mid-2000s Lincoln. Uh, LS. Lincoln LS. Yep. Um, CTSV. Mm-hmm. CTS. American-made only. Mm-hmm. Um, Charger. Um, I guess, well, the Caprice kind of. It's made in Australia. It's, what, it's an American police car, so what, they count it. What about the uh, badge version of the Caprice? The G8. Mm-hmm. Pontiac. Or the GTO. Or that. And you're missing one more. Um, you said Charger. Char- Challenger's not full size. It's not All cha- right. I'm getting... No, the Charger. Dodge Charger. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. You're missing one more. Um, Charger and... Come on. Oh, Paul, come on. Dodge Charger and they're made in the same. Chrysler 300. Thank you. Jeez. (laughs) Jeez. And there's a CTS wagon, but that's not a sedan. This is a CTS, same thing. Yeah. I mean, there's also the ATS, but that's not full size. Nope. So those are the the American-made full-size sedans. Now, rear-wheel drive. Of those that you just listed, which came from the factory with a long wheelbase option. This is when I wish we had Jeopardy music. Um, Long wheelbase version? There's two. The the Lincoln Town Car. Mm -hmm. Which was a livery. Yeah, livery special. And the... CTS? No. It was one year only. I don't think you'd know this. What? I just, I'm. my microphone is being propped up with the Encyclopedia of American Cars. Very good book. Um, I bought it at Barnes & Noble for like a couple bucks. It's full of just random car information. And I just happened to randomly open up to a page and be reminded of this very good car fact. In 2007, you could buy a Chrysler 300 in long wheelbase version from the factory. For what? What do you mean for what? Well, how much longer was it? It was uh, 10 inches longer. What, what, what do you do with it? Well, they added the length to the back seat. And their, their uh, hopes... So when you get toured around in it? Yeah, their hopes were to uh, capture the livery market that the town car um, was dominating. That was right when the 300 and Charger hit the market. Mm. So they, it was the hopes to break it, and it didn't really. I don't know how many they made. Good luck finding one. But it would be kind of cool to have. If you have one, let us know. Yeah, let us know if you drive one. That would be cool. I'd kind of like to ride around the back of a long wheelbase 300 from 2007 
That would be interesting. Be reminded of bankrupt Chrysler. Bankrupt Chrysler. <laughs> so that's uh, breaks, and that's random car facts. Random car fact. Check us out on social media. Send us your questions, your emails. Um, do you have any shout outs today? Shout out to my mom. She's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm going to do a shout out to our friends on the other side of the lake. They uh, they said hello to. Uh, yeah, we're saying responding back. So hello. hello, keep up the content, guys. Yes, have hello to check engine. Yeah, if you haven't uh, checked them out, you should do it. You should. They're pretty good. Yep. They're they're on the 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 not as good side of Lake Michigan. Yep the the <laughs> worst side of the lake. So. West side, best side. Actually, they're on the west side, so we can't say that. <laughs> We're in the west side of the state. We're on the west side of the state. Which is the best side of the, the state. state. Yes. Yep. We have less corona. <laughs> we do have less corona. I guess we'll call it wraps. Check us go, out on uh, social media. Yep. Send us an email. Shift in gears podcast. Let us know if you have any questions or anything you want us to talk about. We'd love to hear from you because we never hear from you. No. Nope. So let us hear from you. Yep. Now we're going to go look at my Fiero. Now we're going to go look at his Fiero. Because it's broken. Shocker. Again. Hey, oh, before we go. What? I was on my way to Harbor Freight yesterday. Harbor Freight. And I went to Harbor Freight this morning. I know. I saw a Pontiac Fiero parked in front of the cell phone repair store. 1984 SE. Has very faded paint, and I'm pretty sure it hasn't moved in a couple weeks. So it was pretty pretty cool. You should buy it. I should not. I don't want a 1984 Fiero. Anna probably does. No, she doesn't. We don't <laughs> have any room to park it. <laughs> I'm parked in your driveway right now. <sighs> it's it's just a lot. I have a very small driveway. All right. Check us out on social media. Keep shifting the gears. Yep. Thanks, guys. See you guys.